One, two, three, let's go. You're listening to WJMS Media, where media is reimagined. You can find us on our Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. What's up, everyone? It's your girl, Rala Rue, and today I am honored to have Thad Saheed with me today. Thad, how are you? I'm Gucci two times. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> so for starters, Thad, tell the listeners where you're from. I'm from Florence. I'm from Florence, Alabama. And for people that don't know about Florence, what's so significant about Florence? What's beautiful about the Shoals area? Uh, Definitely the music. The music is, it's a hub for major recording artists for since like the 50s to come here and record on the low. Right, on the low, heavy on the low. (laughs) Heavy on the low. (laughs) How would you say um, that your hometown and the upbringing has influenced your perspective on music and culture? Oh, oh, it's everything. The hometown is is the influence because without my hometown, I wouldn't have my church, my family, which played a significant part because I, I was first a church musician, as my dad was. He played the piano in church. I played the organ, mm-hmm. still played the organ and uh, the keys, and that was my that was my first love. So that's it. Okay. Are there any mentors or key figures in your life? Who have guided you to that artistic direction? Oh, for sure. My my parents, most definitely. My mom can sing me under a table. My dad, he's he's a he's a good player. Harvey Thompson, who is a world-renowned jazz pianist, uh, R.I.P. But he was my piano teacher growing up. Yeah, so so many people. Okay, so you said that you kind of grew up in the church. What mm-hmm. other genre were you surrounded by growing up? From everything, like I said, uh, my piano teacher was a jazz pianist. Uh, that was his thing. So jazz was a major influence. That's how I learned how to play the keys, really, for real, for real. And as far as like genre, I consider myself genreless because I try to be a little bit in everything. So it don't matter what it is. As long as I can relate to it, I feel like, hey, ain't no limits. Right. And there's nothing wrong with keeping an open mind. Um, I feel like the more open and open minded that you are, the more opportunities will come to you That's versus true. when you're kind of set to a certain area, it kind of puts you in a, you know, like the saying, a crab in a barrel. Man. I kind of feel like it kind of puts you in that barrel sometimes and it doesn't allow you to overachieve your artistic mindset sometimes. So that's good to always stay open-minded. Big facts. Um, tell me about your creative process. Whenever you're making music, how does it start? Is it different? Do you have a certain routine that you use? I will say it's changed over the years being that, uh, you know, back in the day, prior to having a phone, <laughs> especially, I remember as a kid, I used to keep a notebook and I used to just sit at the piano and I come up with, you know, melodies and lyrics. As I got older, now my voice memos are full on my phone. And so that that's really changed the direction of how I write. So I come up with a melody and probably record it on my phone, come back to the house, play it on the keys, don't know what key it's in and build around it that way but uh i also like collaborative efforts i've I've done that more often especially with this newer project uh collaborating with uh different songwriters and different musicians and just grooving off of everybody so it's, it's been evolving for sure okay who have you had the opportunity to work with well on this particular uh project wait be careful with this uh that was released 
the 29th, Friday, September 29th. Uh, that was recent, had, like yeah, a couple days ago. Big facts. Uh, Norris Jones, he plays the guitar. Uh, most notably played for Roberta Fleck okay. and uh, D'Angelo and a myriad of other people. And he just lived in Huntsville, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> and uh, Zach Cockrell, he played the bass. Uh, he most known for the Alabama Shakes. Brittany Howard, he plays with her most of the time. Uh, Austin Modlow, he's my producer. Stellar engineer, Ben Tanner, uh, plays the keys. And uh, Nick Watford, I was about to say another last name, but it's Nick Watford. He plays the sax. And uh, Shanae Johnson, who's saying background for everybody. Everybody, if you've ever seen any tiny desk, like she most likely back there. So I got to collaborate with a lot of people that I admire. So, yeah, this, this was exciting for me to release it and collaborating with them. Okay, so when you were creating this, can you describe the process of collaborating on a song with other people? Meaning, how was it? Because sometimes people have different lyrical visions. Yeah. So how was it to kind of piece all of it together? How were you able to put the pieces to the puzzle together? Because sometimes it can be difficult, especially when someone is, their mindset is a little different or their artistic side is a little different from what they were trying to portray. Yeah. Versus, you know, what 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 is exactly your mindset within, I guess, your your dream or your mindset of the of the piece that you're trying to create? I would say, being that I mostly write all my lyrics, I don't have to worry about other people's. Uh, I mean, I take notes. Everybody usually have notes. Be like, maybe change this verse, maybe change this lyric just a little bit slightly. Let's come up with a better angle or a different viewpoint. But for the most part, I am singular on writing all my material and everybody else usually helps with making it bigger how can you know Shanae what kind of background vocals I need to do on it or being like let's put this type of sound on it and that kind of collaborating and just grooving off each other and I like doing it with other people because you know so long I've been relying on my own ears and being like an indie artist for so long mm -hmm. that people would uh it's, it's kind of hard for me to take in other people's notes. So I'm just getting to the point where I'm collaborating. So it's all a new process for me, specifically writing. I think I had one song that I had other writers on, mm -hmm. and that was uh, Cookie. And uh, my friend Kyle Bragwell and Damian Jolly, uh, we just kind of, it just kind of happened so fast. I don't even, I couldn't even give you a process because we can, I came up with a chorus just because Kyle was eating a cookie and it fell on the floor while he was eating it. And I was like, that's the way the cookie crumble. And uh, <laughs> and it just came turned out. Turned into a whole song. And then we turned it into a whole song. And uh, I like, he wrote a little part of the verse. And then I'd be like, what about we say this after? So it just, the process has just been organic. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't seem forced. So. And I think that's one of the most beautiful times where you can organically make music and it just happens and you just said as simple as someone eating a cookie and it falls <laughs> you've right. had the whole song and i've listened to the song i love it and it, it, it honestly sounds like you all have fun and it was that authentic um presence that i loved about it because you can tell that y'all are just having fun and it really came from the heart and like i said those are one of the best times i think when you just can sit there, have fun, and still make good music, like yeah. better than that, I, I that's a win-win situation. So, tell me about your first performance, if you can remember it. 
okay, what do we consider a performance? Like in front of an audience? Because in church, I, I started quite early. I, was, I started playing super early. I had my first solo super early. Okay, uh, tell me about your first solo. Oh, God. My first solo in church, it varies from my memory, the way I recall it and the way my mom recalled it. Mm-hmm. Uh, two different things. But... Well, tell me your side and then tell me her side. <laughs> <laughs> well, my side is at, uh, I was singing a song and t- I can't even say if it's the official title, but it was like, Gain the World, Give Me Jesus. And I was nervous. And so I recall me telling my mom, like, I, I can't sing this prior to it starting. And then all of a sudden I'm up in front with the mic. And I remember it's like, he's worthy, so worthy. Everybody help me. Let's, always, let's lift him up or something like that. I can't even remember the name of the song. That's how long ago it's been. But I remember I just gave the mic. <laughs> like I was, to, I was supposed to be singing. I just handed the mic off. <laughs> how old were you? I had to be like six. I had to be like six or seven. All right. You just said, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm, I'm sick of this church. <laughs> okay, so what did mom say happened? Mom say that I ain't never tell her that I ain't want to sing the song. But I re- I remember saying that I ain't want to sing the song, but they still handed me the mic. And At that said, point, you already on stage. So yeah. you're going to sing the song. You know, when the lips get tight, right. you're going to sing the song. So I think that's probably what it was. They probably didn't relay the message to your mom, but who else was up there said you're going to sing the song today. So that's what happened. I think that's what happened. So both I of the stories what... were probably true. Something was just misconstrued. The information wasn't. See, related. I thought I had gave her the information prior to getting up there and trying, but she said, uh uh-uh, uh, you just handed that mic off and they just bust out laughing. And they think they're so funny. So what did they do? Did they give you the mic bag? Did they just escort you off the stage? And they just the choir kept singing and I just <laughs> I just handed the mic off. <laughs> And act like Did I was they make you stay up choir. there for the entire performance? <laughs> yeah, I stayed up there. <laughs> you probably were just standing up there. <laughs> oh, Lord. Y'all sound real good. <laughs> you were the conductor for a second, huh? Right. <laughs> I needed that laugh. Okay, so what are ways now? Well, before I say that, so that was your younger performance, like your first yeah. performance. Yeah. So as that Saheed, what was your first performance then? Okay, I officially just released my first Thad Saheed project in 2019. Okay. Which I just condensed my name. <laughs> uh, prior to that, I think I was just going by Thad Raul, which is my legal name. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have just condensed it to my first and one of my middle names. My name is Thaddeus Eugene Sahiro. So I was just like these two. But probably when I moved back to Florence after I came back from Nashville, because I went to school in Nashville and I ain't really had no musician friends. And there was a group of people. I joined Ascending Voices Choir. I played with them and uh, at UNA for a little bit, met some people. We started a group called Vocal Point and we just kind of grooved off each other, created a friendship. And that was my first like legit friendships in this area. And I don't know, it's, and it's been up ever since. I, I did mine as a group. So solo is, yeah, I've always been with the same hub of people, <laughs> even now. 
It's the SIDU Amber Company. Yeah. Okay. So you said that you were in Nashville. How long were you in Nashville? I was in Nashville for two years. Okay. You went to school there? I did. I did. I started off at Tennessee State University. Go Tigers. Then I transferred to Vanderbilt University and failed out. And mama was like, you got to come back home. (laughs) Tuition is too high for you to be playing. Mm-hmm. Which is high. Yeah. It's high now. So big I, facts. Yeah. Big mm-hmm. facts. So, so I feel that. About Nashville? Because Nashville is another area of music, too. Like it's a, a huge music city, too. So, what was it about Nashville that you adored besides like the music? I mean, the college aspect. What was it about like the music aspect that you enjoyed while you were there? Man, I had, well, my reasoning for going to Nashville was because of the music, obviously. They have such a rich heritage and more opportunity when it comes to musicians. So I started playing at a church while I was up there. My roommate, my college roommate, my dorm mate, Austin, he was a saxophone player. And we would just go out and jam till probably about three o'clock in the morning. So I wasn't even going to school. I had a job I was working, working at the church too, and just doing all types of stuff except going to class. And, uh... <laughs> but honestly, I mean, if you look at it, though, and, you know, I'm in college right now. I go to UNA. Yeah. But college is not for everybody. So yeah. maybe it took for, maybe it took for you to go to college to realize that college wasn't for you. Mm. And then to realize that, well, while I'm here, maybe there's another message or reason as to why I'm here, too. And I yeah. mean, obviously it was because you met more people. And so that's why I try to explain to a lot of people, college is not for everybody. I college mean, is not. I mean, and I finished I finished college. And when I came back to Florence, I, I went to UNA. I graduated from UNA, and uh, which was totally different from Nashville. I was like, this is school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is totally different. This is a totally different type of campus, which I love UNA's campus. It was just going from an HBCU. <laughs> and then because I had good grades when I was going to Tennessee State. And I was on the dean's list and stuff. And then when I transferred out to Vanderbilt, she was a different beast. And going from those, like a minor Ivy, from HBCU to a minor Ivy to just a, a PWI, it was a eye-opening <laughs> on all accounts. So, yeah, but school really went for me. <laughs> right. About. I mean, I'll it's not. You. And even a lot of people don't even realize that until after they graduate. And they're like, you yeah. know what? I got this degree and <laughs> I don't even think I'm going to use it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean... And I- Sometimes you just have to go through the motions and realize that. Some people don't realize that until after. You know, some people wish they would realize it sooner. Yeah. But sometimes you have to go through different stepping stones to get to where you are now. Because yeah. think about it. Had you not gone to school, do you think you would have gone to Nashville? Or even if you did, even if that is, even if that was still your plan, who's to say it would have planned out that way? Who's to say right. you would have met the people that you met? Thanks. So I think that's a lot to take into consideration too. So hey. yes, school wasn't for everybody. And Vanderbilt really turned you every which way but loose. <laughs> look, look. <laughs> it did. And uh I I would say, because I think now that I've gotten older and been in the world a little more since I graduated, i like I read more than I ever used to. Like I, I read at least two or three book, books a month. And I'm learning more than I have when I went to school. So I think it's, it was also a timing thing, just doing mm-hmm. things in people's perspective of time. Like, all right, you graduate high school, you got to go straight to college. And I feel like uh, I probably should have just took a longer break and now appreciated the atmosphere of learning 
and being a little more disciplined with it. So it's all it's time honestly, too. And it's honestly because in our culture, we're told to just keep going. Yeah. And we're told not to take a break or we don't have time to take breaks. We have to keep going in the black mm. community. That's the thing, you know, and my mom was born in the 60s. So yeah. she has that mindset of you have to keep going. You have to you. Why, why are you stopping? And right. I had to explain that to her because I took a year off. I waited a year before I went to college because I was like, if I go to college right now, I'm going to fail because I'm not <laughs> even going to try. I know I'm not going to try. So I was like, why even set myself up for this? I'm about to spend $20,000 for this first year and waste it. Yeah. So honestly, and what you were saying is true. Everybody's story is different. Everybody's mindset is different. Everybody's path is different. So just because we may have graduated together, which I don't know when you graduated, but let's just (laughs) say we graduated together. It doesn't mean that I'm going to graduate in four. It doesn't mean I'm going to graduate in in, in three. That's something, you know, the high horse people. It doesn't mean that. I know Not for me. (laughs) So I think that one thing that we have to start normalizing is that it's okay to finish things when you finish them. I hear a lot of people always say, well, I don't know if I want to do this anymore because I'll be such and such age by the time I finish doing that. Yeah. And then I and present to them and I say, well, regardless, you're going to turn that age. So are you going right. to turn that age with whatever achievement you're trying to get? Or are you just going to turn that age? Yeah. Regardless, the time is not going to stop. It so don't. the question is, are you still going to continue to do what you want to do? Because you're looking at how society, and let's not even get on social media. Well, actually, we can get on social media. Let's because social media will honestly make you think that your life is never going to get where, where it's Man, supposed to be. It and does. That was, it's, it's almost intimidating, I guess. Because we look at people, and people will paint a pretty picture. And they will exactly. make you, oh my goodness, my life, why is my life not like this? This person is 19 and has a mansion Man. and I'm this, this, then the third. And why don't I have this? But you don't know what this person went through to get there. Not saying that they didn't do it the correct way. Yeah. It's not your story. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. You, We're putting ourselves on the timeline and it's unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. And you brought up such a good point as far as like the black culture. We got such a hustle mentality of you can't stop, you got to be on the grind all the time, that if you don't take a moment to reflect and sit back and just know yourself for who you are, like, because you over here hustling, but you don't even know what you're hustling for and towards. Like, what's what's the ultimate goal? And then you're missing out on life because you're hustling all the time. So I thought that was just a beautiful thing you had just said. That was, that was awesome. Thanks. I agree with you too. But yeah, I think that's something that we have to change. I don't know how we're going to change it, but I think we just need to open up our mindset more into understanding that, you know, especially our mental is very important. Oh, yeah. And if our mental is not right, everything else is going to come down to. That's big facts. Mental, mental health is such a priority. And I've been going to therapists now for probably about a year. And I've gained so much introspection, like, of myself, like, seeing myself as just this one thing going in the world and putting myself on meters. And I realize it ain't necessarily benefiting me any to, like, even relate myself to social media. Because people going to always put their best they best face on for social media. And it ain't necessarily, it's not real life. It's not real life. So, yeah, I try not to gauge my, my success into what other people's success may look like. For sure. Yeah. Another great point made by you, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you. That's key for sure. So how would you say your fan base is on social media? Mm, social media ain't the world. So I don't know if you follow a lot of musicians 
on social media, but as an artist, an independent artist specifically, I would say I do have a, a little bit of traction, but I, I don't think I, I concentrate on the social media aspect. Uh, I'll probably promote some stuff. I'll probably be like, this is how my life been going lately. But other than that, what I look for is where my music is being heard the most on on data analyst websites for streaming services like Apple Music. I think the, they release it every Friday and on Apple Music and Spotify, they show you this demographic is listening to it. It's like 87% female. And then it'll break it down to like, and the most listens I had last week was crazy. It was in Japan. So yeah. I can't really go on off of social media because again that, that's not real life mm -hmm. and, uh, i can't gauge myself in just that small little this small little phone in front of my face okay how would you describe your fans when you are performing how would you say their energy is when you're performing because right. for, for people that don't know um you do something special for handy festival thanks so tell first of all tell the listeners about what you do in handy festival so every year at Handy Festival, I collaborate with the uh, Muscle Shoals National Heritage Association. And uh, we put on an event called the Handy Block Party or Handy Street Party. And we uh, ask local artists as well as sometimes even artists that are regional to come down and perform from 6 p.m. to like 11 p.m. And mm -hmm. we shut down the street. We get the lights. We get the stage. It's really a big, a big thing. And it, it takes all of my energy when we do it. But it's a wild time. It's a good time. And I hope everybody who comes notice how much work we put into it. And I hope they have a good time because that's what nice. it's for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how was your first performance doing that in Handy Festival? Well, the first one happened. So I opened my restaurant in 2017. Soul Wing Grand Records, get you some records to get you some food, whatever you want to do. Plug, shameless. Uh, and I must say, it is the first time I, I came to uh, Florence in 2019. And I think I love wings. I'm a huge wing person. Love it. So I was looking like, I found a wing place and it's a black owned business. That's a win win. <laughs> yes. So I immediately ran up in there. And honestly, the way that it looks inside, it just like, I feel like my ancestors talking to me. <laughs> Because it's just so, it. it's so soulful. You you have no choice but to love it. You have no choice but to feel warm every and it's not just that time. Every time I walk in there, I feel warm. I and that is it. my honest feeling when I come in there. It's never just I'm just gonna grab something to eat. Yeah. It is I a feeling it. of it is a um it's an energy. Honestly, it is a really good energy I feel in there. You have the music playing, you right. have posters up. You have records up. Like, there's no way you cannot love the spot. Love and I love it because it's so snug. I love snug areas. So I, I'm in love with the place. So my first time going in there, I don't know if you have cameras on the inside, but my mouth just dropped. So if you go back to 2019 in your archives, you might see my mouth drop somewhere. But I absolutely love the place. I appreciate it. I, I, I really do. I wanted to do something for the culture because we don't really get, I mean, we have Black-owned businesses, but they not too many brick and mortar businesses. Uh, and I just want to do something for the culture. When leaving Nashville, it was so many places, restaurants and stuff, black owned on Jefferson Street and wing shacks specifically. And I was like, man, we need we need something like that at the crib. And I wanted just to give us somewhere to go for real, for real. So we can feel at home and 
eat like we at home. <laughs> and that's what it feels like. And yeah. it's so beautiful how you were still able to incorporate music into a restaurant, which I mean, yes, people play music in restaurants, but you were able to still incorporate what you love into something yeah. that you knew was needed in the area. Because yeah. let's be real, there are no wing places around the area for real. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're growing now. Yeah. Are they beating yours? <laughs> so that I mean it's still top tier. I mean, of course, if other businesses come, that's cool. Mm. But no, they still not. Look, I appreciate it. And to answer your question, answer because I know I, I went off on the deterrent. But the first time we did it was 2018 and it was a ticketed event because I didn't have any sponsors. Okay. So I, I put it off singularly. And we called it the Chicken Beer Festival. And I partnered with Singing River Brewery up the street. And we blocked off the street as we always did. I bought this huge tent. And I think we sold like 60 tickets. And 60 tickets might sound like a nice bit, but I had put so much into it. I was like, okay, next time, let's rebrand. I performed that time. I had good reception and people was like, let's do it again. But I wanted it always to be bigger and better. And the next time we did it outside and that was the time it was, was lit. And people were actually put on to my music. People didn't even know I did music. They just thought I cooked chicken back there. <laughs> and uh, when they when they heard the band, they was like, oh, so he's a musician for real, for real. Mm-hmm. And uh, got this whole little thing going on. And I just kind of took that and ran with it, and I've been enjoying it ever since. Yeah, the rest- let them know I ain't just back there flipping chicken. <laughs> I <just make> music too. <laughs> so, do you believe in writer's block? Yeah, yeah, I get it all the time. I get it all the time, and it happens most frequently when I try. I'm pursuing a song too hard. Mm-hmm. So I have a melody idea, or I have a you know, just a basis of an idea. And I try to put it down. And as soon as I go to write the lyrics for the idea, nothing. And I always have to just leave it alone. And then probably about three or four weeks will pass. And I'll be like, oh man, I got some words now. So it's something you can always come back from, but you just gotta be patient. Gotta let the music come through you for real, for real. Let the words come to you and not just put anything on the page. For sure. Do you feel like, and we're going back to social media, I'm going, I'm backtracking. Do you (laughs) feel that social media has impacted the music industry, both positively and negatively? Yes, for sure. Social media is music's greatest disease, (laughs) as well as a mediator, a remedy for the disease. So Mm -hmm. I get put on to so many talented people on social media people I ain't never heard of before, bands I ain't never heard of before. And for that, I'm appreciative. But as far as actually like, I really just miss going into a store and having to buy music for real. I think streaming done more harm than social media, honestly, because streaming puts every song in the world on your phone and people don't appreciate the the album no more. They don't appreciate the project no more. Because if you buy a CD, you're going to listen to the whole CD. What? <laughs> the whole thing. You the just gonna let it play. You gonna know your favorite tracks, and now everybody just know everybody's single. And I think that's a deterrent because the body of work is something special. That's when mm-hmm. you get in the heart of the artist, specifically my work, because I know I do. I do conceptual like art. I do conceptual art with my music. It usually tells a story. I think the best example probably last year's Trash Talk I put out, where it tells a whole story. And if you only listen to one track, you ain't even going to know the context of the story. So 
I think I think that streaming really put a damper on things. I think that social media put a damper on things because now it's what's gonna be the sound bite, what's gonna trend, what's gonna be the audio, be the, the TikTok sound, the TikTok sound. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I mean, that's all fun and good, but I would like for people to embrace more more of the the whole art instead of just the one portion. Who would you say is someone from like an old school artist? Who would you say was one of your inspirations? So many, so many. Stevie Wonder is my far, by far my favorite singer, songwriter, pianist, for sure. Donnie Hathaway. Of course, like fan favorites, Prince, Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's so many. It's so many. Chick Corea, a jazz musician. I don't know. It's it's a lot. What about in our generation? In our generation? If you could collab with them, like right now. If I could collab with anybody right now, I would say Frank Ocean. I would say, man, there's so many people I love to collaborate. I love Bruno Mars and Anderson Park, Silk Sonic. Mm -hmm. Man, I would love to collaborate. It's so many talented people. Top female. Huh? Top female. Top female. Ooh, okay. I love Our Ari top Lennox. three, if you need to narrow it down. Yeah, yeah, narrow it down. I love Ari Lennox. Okay. You said today. I was about to be like, we can go back Hill. to go back. I was about to say Lauren Hill mm-hmm. and her she prime when she was still making rookies. And man, Andy Ari, Eric Badu, the internet, see it from the internet. Mm-hmm. See it mm-hmm. is raw for sure. See it is raw. Mm-hmm. See it is raw. It's so many people. So this is a, I guess, a plot twist question. If you could work with any international artists, who would it mm. be? Tim's. Okay. Okay. Tim's. I love. I'm. I'm stuck on her right now. <laughs> she is hot right now too. She is on fire for sure. Yeah, Tim's. And I going back to female artists, I need. I need her. I need Jasmine Sullivan. I need oh Jasmine Sullivan. Let me let me just say this, and this is just my opinion. Jasmine, nobody's killing her right now. Like Man. I listen to other people's vocals, and no, like her range, her runs, her oh yeah, her vocal <sighs> agility, her vocal agility is out of this I, world. Right, I couldn't even compare it to anybody for real. The closest thing I've ever heard before is uh, I was on a big Kimberrell kick when I was younger. And that's the only person I know who could probably, probably keep up with Jasmine. Well, she probably, she probably could, because Jasmine said that's her biggest influence. So, but man, yeah, Jasmine is a killer. She's a killer, killer songwriter too. What? She tells a story. The thing is, like, it was a lot of music. I didn't even know she was writing. Man, she's a killer songwriter. Are uh, you familiar that, with Ombre? Yeah, I love Ombre. Yeah, Ombre is. Yeah. Like she is on tour right now with Victoria Monet. Word. Yep. Now that's that's another dope songwriter. Victoria Monet. She's Mm -hmm. like the secret pen for like Ariana Grande and like a lot of a lot of pop girls. But uh, Ombre is too. Ombre has written for Chloe and Hallie, most almost all of Kehlani's songs. Like Kehlani. Jesus. Bless it. Bless it, God. Bless it. So tell me about the two songs that you sent me, Boom and Wonder. Yeah. Boom. Let's start with Boom, because that's my latest single. I just released it Friday with the rest of the EP. Boom was another one that was just fun to write because we was just in the living room acting stupid. So I was just making this little bass, dunk, 
thunk, 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 making a bass. And I just kept on saying, boom, like a bomb, I cannot stay calm. I go, boom. <laughs> and uh, Austin was like, you need to actually record that because that's kind of addicting to say. If you say it a couple of times, you're going to be like, uh, and we just wrote that from the perspective of, uh, you know, just being excited to see either your significant other or your family member, your cousin you ain't seen in three years, but that's your favorite cousin. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it's just one of them songs that I feel like people can relate to as far as, you know, just being excited and coming out the, coming out the cage, you going out the house, you think you smell good, think you look good. And, okay, so uh, it's like a rip you out the plastic moment, huh? Yeah, it's like a little rip you out the plastic. <laughs> What the what the auntie say? <laughs> oh, rip me, rip me at the. Or like we say, you look casket sharp walking out that door. <laughs> and what about wonder? Wonder is just a. I wanted to write a traditional R and B like love song, like a a music soul childish D'Angelo or Bilal, just like a a romantic song. They don't necessarily have to be a romantic love type song, but. Just a love song mm-hmm. uh, about whomever uh, you may love or whoever you come in contact with, and you're just thinking about them all the time. And so, was this song about a special someone? Of course not. Okay. <laughs> so, love is not in the air for you right now. Uh, not not right now, but I like to imagine about it. I like to I like the grandiose uh, appeal of it. Okay. Uh, and uh, I mean, I feel love all the all the time. You know, you ain't just got to be in one type of love. You can... True, that is true. There are different types of love. Yeah, family yeah. love, friend love, friend love. Yeah, yeah I wonder about all them <laughs> all the time. <laughs> what they got going on? <laughs> so, tell me, how do you feel about this quote? Wherever there is music, you are never alone. I like that. I ain't never heard that before. And I paraphrase a little bit, but. I mean, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Wherever there is music, you ain't alone. Because if you got music, then you got somebody else's thoughts, somebody else's emotions, somebody else's experiences. So it should make you not feel alone. That's what music is for. It's, a, it's something that most people can just take into account that other people go through things that you go through. Other people have their own life journey and experiences and all that. And I agree with it. It's beautiful. What is next for you? So you just had your release. I did. Candy Festival has passed. That's in the summer. Yes. What's what's upcoming for you now? Right now, we're currently planning a tour for spring next year for the southeastern part of North America. And other than that, I'll, in these few weeks, I know I have my release party coming up this Friday. It'll be in town here. I'll be in Tuscaloosa the next week, and I'll be in Huntsville the week after that. Do you um, have some dates you can put out there? Because you never know who's going to be listening. They may want to come out and see you. Yeah. Well, what is it? October 6th, I'll be in Florence. October 14th, I'll be in Tuscaloosa. October 21st. I'll be in Huntsville October 28th. I'll be back in Florence. November 25th, I'll be in Florence again. And I'll be filling in, playing keys in between that time with my friends in Nashville for some of their gigs. But I think that's all I got. That that brings me up all the way to Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm gonna sit down. Okay, I'm gonna, um, definitely keep up with you on uh, your tour dates and stuff like that because mm. that's that's pretty big to actually be going on tour. And yeah. that's huge because you don't know who's gonna be in the crowd. You don't know who's going to see you. And it's just going to increase your fan base. So I'm super excited for you. I'm proud of how far you've come, for sure. Just from creating the restaurant to just even your music to even giving the mic back to whoever when you were younger. (laughs) uh, Where can the listeners find you? What's your social media? All my social media is the same. It's Thad, T-H-A-D-S-A-A-J-I-D, ThadSahid.com. If you just want one place to find everything. Same thing goes for uh, streaming services. Just my name, type it in. That's it. And lastly, if there was any type of advice you could give someone that was interested in getting into the music industry, what would you give them? What advice would you give them? Just do it. Music is one of those things that it don't matter if a crowd around, I have to do it anyway. (laughs) Music one of those things, how I express myself. So just do it. Just recently, I signed with the local talent agency here in Florence, uh, Single Lock Records. And it's the first time I'm going to have some backing to actually do a lot of the things that I want to do. And the only reason they heard me was because I was just doing it. So I would just say, do it. Do it in public. Do it at the crib. Do it online. Just make it. Just make it. Because music is for the artists. And people just, they come to it because they they agree with it. They like it. But it's for you. So just do it. All right. Well, Thad, Saheed, I am very honored. I'm excited. I thank you that you were able to interview with me and with WJMS today. Again, I am going to continue to follow and see what you're up to and keep you up to date. And I hope you can enjoy the rest of your day. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. For those of you listening, don't go anywhere. Here's a few tracks from Thad Saeed.
listening to WJMS Media, where media is reimagined. You can check us out on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Also check out our website at www.wjmsradio.com, and we also have a newsletter so you can subscribe and be up to date on everything.